Hello from the BBC. I'm Alexander Griffiths with a roundup of the latest developments in the war in Ukraine. The European Union has accused Russia of blackmail after Russia's state-owned gas company Gazprom cut off supplies to Poland and Bulgaria. Russia says it's because the two countries refused to pay for their supplies in the Russian currency, the ruble. But Poland's deputy foreign affairs minister Marcin Pasidic has a different take. They are trying to foster divisions between us to pick up probably those, uh, in inverted commas, more constructive partners and those who are less constructive. And probably we as Poland are um, seen like this, mostly because of the fact that we are very much supportive to Ukraine and very, very critical about um, Russian behaviour. From Moscow, the BBC's Jenny Hill reports. Vladimir Putin knows Europe relies on Russian energy but he needs the revenue, even from the countries he deems to be unfriendly. It's why, despite Mr Putin's public demand that they pay in rubles, the reality is more complex. Countries can pay in euros or dollars, but only if they open Russian bank accounts, which then convert the currency and make the final payment. It's thought, but not confirmed, that some countries have opened those accounts. Meanwhile, Poland has arrested two men on suspicion of spying for Russia. They're accused of collecting information about the Polish armed forces. Our correspondent in the Polish capital is Adam Easton. In March, Poland expelled 45 Russian diplomats it's suspected of working for Russian intelligence. Poland has been one of the European Union's most vocal supporters of Ukraine welcoming its refugees in enormous numbers and sending tanks to its military. Elsewhere, Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky says Russian special forces are behind a series of blasts in a pro-Russian breakaway region of Moldova, Ukraine's neighbour to the southwest. Transnistria has seen a number of apparent attacks in the last few days. Ukraine says these are so-called false flag operations. Our correspondent Joe Inwood sent this report from the Ukrainian capital. Transnistria is this small strip of land. It's on the eastern side of Moldova, so on Ukraine's western border, and has 1,500 Russian troops stationed there. And the fear is from the Ukrainian side that it's going to lead either to those 1,500 troops invading, taking part in the war, something they haven't done so far, or possibly it might give further justification for the Russians, is signalling their intent to carry on their push westwards. Here in the UK, the British Foreign Secretary Liz Truss is expected to announce that the UK and other Western powers should give warplanes to Ukraine as part of their long-term military support. The BBC's diplomatic correspondent is James Landale. Ukraine has repeatedly asked for combat aircraft. Western allies have been reluctant to go that far for fear of provoking Russia. But as NATO members step up their support for Ukraine with longer-range weapons, the Foreign Secretary will say they should go even further. In China, a major drone manufacturer, DJI, says it's suspending sales to Russia and Ukraine to try to stop its products being used in the war. Analysts say the move highlights the difficulties created by the conflict for Chinese firms with a global reach. Michael Bristow reports. In a statement, it said it was looking at compliance requirements in different countries. This is the first major Chinese company to take this action. Other firms there have been cautious about suspending business with Russia because the government in Beijing opposes sanctions on Moscow. 
And when Russia first invaded Ukraine, its troops took over the site of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant and stayed there for several weeks. Workers told the BBC they were forced to steal fuel to keep generators working and prevent a dangerous leak of radioactive material. Sarah Rainsford reports now on a visit by the head of the International Atomic Energy Agency to the site. Hundreds of Russian troops stopped and made their base here at the atomic plant. Very good. Well done. Well done. The head of the UN's nuclear energy watchdog thanked the Ukrainian technicians who stayed at their posts protecting the site under occupation. I don't know if we were very close to disaster, but the situation was absolutely abnormal and very, very dangerous. The UN says radiation levels here are now back to normal, but the Ukrainian military are still clearing the area of mines and booby traps. One word that's used about the Russian troops' presence here in Chernobyl is reckless. The very fact that troops occupied a nuclear facility in the first place and then the way they behaved while they were here. The risk of an accident here was real. Those are the latest developments on day 63 of Russia's invasion. I'm Alexander Griffiths at the BBC.